was the first week of January, and the cold gray sidewalks of Wisconsin were speckled with the white crispness of winter that had come the month before. A healthy-looking teenager opened the door of a record store, feeling the gust of wind slap across his face as he nestled his chin into his crimson scarf and began walking towards his car. He was about to turn 21 years old, and he had just purchased an early birthday present for himself, a new album. He took hurried steps towards his car, as if racing away from the weather that beat against his black nupsy jacket and beige corduroy pants. On his drive home, he was completely silent, alone with his thoughts. What those thoughts were will never be uncovered, due to the fleeting speed at which his mind pondered things. Arriving at his home, he locked the door behind him, sat down his keys and new record, and took off his jacket. Almost simultaneously, he immediately turned all of his attention to the large paneled window on his far wall and the beaten-down chair in front of it that looked as though it had been reupholstered a million times. As he sat down, his limbs seemed to fall into place, almost like they were at their natural resting places. This could have been somewhat true, as the majority of his teenage lifespan had been spent sitting in front of that window, gazing out at the ginkgo trees that circled the crystal blue lake and the wooden boardwalk that reached into its center. That same boardwalk he raced down with his parents every summer as a child, holding their hands, eager to play in the refreshing water. Even now he couldn't bear to give up that house and its view, riddled with the memories his now-past parents had with him in that lake and around the scratched coffee table that his feet rested upon. His eyes sparkled as he looked out that window, with the Tim's Mountain looming high in the distance, its peak littered with the same winter droplets as the sidewalk outside the record store. These same droplets were slowly being shed by the trees, revealing their golden coloring that sparkled in the frost-bitten sunlight. It was in observing a single golden leaf weightlessly glide its way to the ground that his eyes caught something. Sitting just a few feet outside his window was a rapidly melting snowbank with a steel core. The same thought that popped into your mind was the same one that sent the boy leaping out of his chair to get a closer look, almost crashing through his window. Steel inside snow? He raced through the small square footage of his home, grabbing only his keys before bolting out the front door, almost as fast as his thoughts could form. Forgetting his jacket lying on his countertop, the bitter wind numbed his face, but he didn't care. He got closer to the box, and the wind helped him brush away the remaining snow holding it in the ground. It was sealed by a lock, but the current season and amount of years it had spent underground had frozen and weakened it so completely that it crumbled in his fingers. He opened the box and found only two rings. A polished white gold band and a slightly smaller gold band with a small but intricate diamond carefully placed in a perching stance with two gold brackets holding it in place. The boy was beginning to form thoughts, and as they raced to a coherent order in his head, he read the engravings in each. May 7th, 1955. Identical. He knew this date very well, and a single tear rolled down his cheek as his thoughts came to their conclusion. Putting both rings respectively on the middle and pinky fingers of his left hand, he looked up to the sky and smiled brighter than the ginkgo trees and the snow around his knees. He suddenly wasn't cold anymore, and his body felt warm with the flood of happiness that had now engulfed him. His parents did always say that they had the same fingers. The End